This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Nitro World Ministries and the Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Joe's Meats and Deli for their underwriting support of this program. Stop by for all your cold cuts and deli meats. Joe's Meats and Deli offers the finest quality select cuts of beef, pork, chicken, sausage, and bacon strips. Just ask Bob the Butcher for your finest selections. Joe's Meats and Deli also offers homemade frozen dinners for two. Pick them up, put them in the oven, 30 minutes, dinner's served. Perfect for the family on the go. Why spend time cooking in the kitchen when you can sit back and relax while Joe's Meats and Deli does it for you? Joe's Meats in Delhi, located at the Bridge Plaza on the corner of Westmoreland and Port St. Lucie Boulevard in downtown Port St. Lucie. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Listen, if you're feeling locked down by something or bogged down this morning, can I just tell you the way that you get traction out of that thing that's holding you back, the way that you get traction out of that thing that's been dogging you for 20 years, the way that you get traction out of that thing that you've carried in your heart forever, is to ask this question, what does God want? What does God want with me? There's some of us here this morning that, that God's placed a call on your life. And, and, and it may be to serve in this ministry. It might be to, to be a, a missionary. It might be to start a business. It might be to be faithful at your job and be a witness. It might be a call to motherhood. But you've been so bound up and making decisions for yourself that you've forgotten to ask the question, what does God want? Come on, Amen. And maybe the reason why we keep saying no to God when He asks us to do something is because we haven't been interested in what God really wants. We're only interested in what we want. And what God can do for us. Hmm? Hmm, Jesus. You will never, ever have clarity in your life if you don't ask the question and wait for the answer. Come on, somebody. How I many know the way to find clarity again is not by figuring out how to justify what you do, not by figuring out how to work the angle, not by figuring out what God might do, but the way to bring clarity to your life is to ask, what does God want with me? Answer that question. What does God want? What does God want? Some of you, God's calling you to a, a greater walk of purity. He's asking you to step out of some of the old things in your life and step into something new to get away from some destructive attitudes, some destructive behaviors, and you're stuck and you're trapped in them. Ask Him. God, what do you want? And then answer the question. Listen, you can't step out of it because I tell you to. It's not up to me. There has to be a vision for your life. There has to be a revelation that comes. 
And it begins by asking the question, what does God want? God, what do you want? God, what do you want with me? How many understand what happens in the supernatural? As the Spirit of God begins to release the desires of God in a specific area of our lives. And when we begin to sense the desires of God, it's out of that that we make choices for our lives. That's what comes as a result of asking the question. That's why the word says, delight yourself in the Lord, and I will give you the desires of your heart. It doesn't mean that if you delight yourself in the Lord, He's going to give you whatever you want. What it means is that if you delight yourself in the Lord, then He'll place His desires in your heart. He'll put them there. He'll give you the desires that belong in you. So that you don't have the desires for the things of the, of the world. But you have the desires for what God wants. This is how it works. We've got to be bold enough to answer the question. It's a dangerous question. It'll radically change your life. What does God want? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the challenge uh, for us as believers is to take everything in our lives, all of our dreams, all of our talent, all of our time, all of our treasure, all of our hopes, our opportunities, our skills, and we lay those things out before God and we say, here I am, God, what do you want? What do you want? I'm here. What do you want from me? It's all yours, Lord. Everything that I am, everything that I hope to be, it's all yours, Lord. Whatever you want, God, that's what I want. Whatever you need, God, I'm here. How many of this matters? This matters, amen? Because listen to this very carefully. The blessing of God rests on people that are committed to the desire of God. The reason why people in church are not being blessed with the blessings of God that have already been made available to God, come on somebody, is because they don't have the right desires of God. They're not asking, what does God want? They're telling God what they want. And they walk around going, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. No, you ain't. You're $300,000 in debt. Trying to get what you want. Hmm? My God. So you sound angry. Pastor, I'm not angry. I'm just being truthful. Come on, amen. God, whatever you want. The blessing of God rests on people that are committed to the desires of God. The blessing follows desire. The desires of God. And I mean, God doesn't bless us because we're American citizens. Hmm? Or because we know how to behave. I know how to follow the rules. No, 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 that's not why you get blessed. The blessing of God rests on churches and it rests on individuals that are committed to the desire of God. His desires. Most of the time we regress to self-preservation and we lock ourselves down from the blessing of God and we forget that the generous life is always controlled by something greater than itself. We get so self-focused on our needs so self-focused on what's going on in our lives. And we forget to ask the question. A generous life is always committed to invest into the lives of other people. A generous life is always committed to invest into the lives of other people. Hmm? That's why Paul says, have the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. It's an attitude. We have the attitude of Jesus. 
You say, well, what's the attitude of Jesus? Look in verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Oh, that's a typo. That's got to be a typo. That's got to be a misprint. Somebody misprinted the Bible because I know he didn't say people are more important than me. I thought I was important. I thought I was special. No, 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 no. That's not a misprint. So he repeats it again in verse 4 another way. He says, let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Look out for one another. Come on, young people. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're down at the mall texting away on your cell phones, texting away, texting away. You're at the food court, you're texting. You're in church, you're texting. You're in the movies, you're texting. You're in your car, you're texting. You're texting away, texting away. You see all them little objects in your peripheral vision while you're texting? Those are people! They're people! Come on, somebody. They're there. Hmm? That's God's way of saying the world does not revolve around you. There are other people in your life everywhere. Come on, somebody. Hmm? It's really not all about you. It's all about Him. You know, every day all through your life, those objects that you see in your peripheral vision, those people, they don't know what you know. They don't know the knowledge that you know about Jesus. Many of them are walking around really on their journey to hell. Come on, amen? Today in this city, there are people that have never experienced the work of the Holy Spirit like we see here every Sunday morning. The Holy Spirit move in our service. There are people that are alive today on this planet. They've been alive 50 or 60 years. They've never experienced that. There are people on the Treasure Coast, they've never stepped into a place like this before. They've never experienced a move of God before. They've never heard people in a band play together and sing to somebody they cannot see or they cannot touch. They've been singing for 40 years about, have you heard about the lonesome loser? Singing in depression. About broken relationships and she done left me and he done ran out and, and rock and roll town. Get over it. Come on, somebody. There's people that live in a culture that knows nothing about what we live in. Hmm. So you got to ask yourself, why would God make sure you know what you know about Him? Why would God make sure that you know that? How is it that, that God would set you up so that, so that you would have the revelation about God, so that you would have a heart of generosity and the work of the Holy Spirit? Why would God do that to you? Why would God set you up like that? I'm glad you asked. You ready? I'm going to give it to you. One, two, three. So you can give it away. So you can give it away. We're not supposed to keep revelation to ourselves. We're not supposed to keep the teaching to ourselves. We're not supposed to keep the sermon to ourselves. We're not supposed to keep our resources to ourselves. What God gives us, He gives it to us so we can give it away. This is what Jesus did. 
He pulled 12 guys in around him. He poured his life into these 12. He gives without reserve. Jesus gives away everything that he is and everything that he had. He pours his life into these 12 guys. And he says, everything I have given you is yours. Now go give it away. Freely give it away. And now we're going to take a break from the message. We will be rejoining Pastor Jason in just a moment. But first, I want to take this opportunity to tell you about Truth Church. Truth Church is located in the heart of St. Lucie County at 3891 Edwards Road in Fort Pierce. Our Sunday worship service starts at 10 a.m. Truth Church is a non-denominational Pentecostal church that has been serving our community for the last two years. There is a ministry for the whole family at Truth Church. Whether it's our monthly senior meetings, children's church, or youth group, there's something for everyone. We've been experiencing a powerful move of God in our services, and we would love for you to come and visit with us. If you're new to the area or you're looking for a home church, we invite you to come and join us. First, you will be our guest, and then you will be our family. Truth Church, a place for the whole family. Book of Acts says those men took the message of the gospel, and they turned the world upside down. Twelve men. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. They lived their life as if it weren't their own. They had a generous life. And it was always committed to be involved in the lives of other people. You know, it's interesting to me that the supernatural power of God always follows generosity or vice versa. They go hand in hand. You ever notice that in Scripture? That every time a supernatural miracle happens, there's also generosity on the scene. And Acts chapter 2, coming out of Peter's sermon in verse 43, it says, Then fear came upon every soul. That word fear right there is not the word like, I'm scared and afraid. It's the word awe. They were in awe. The, 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 there was a sense of awe that came over everyone. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And then it says, now all who believed were together, and watch this, watch this, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions in good, and divided them among all as they needed. The spirit of generosity and the supernatural power, hand in hand. hand. You know why these churches that you see, they talk about the supernatural, they, they preach about the miracles, they, 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 they're, always, they're always bragging about what God's doing supernatural, but you don't see the miracles. Because there's not a heart of generosity in the church. It's about the personality behind the pulpit. Mm, pastor, I'm telling you the truth. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the supernatural and generosity are connected. They're connected. Signs, wonder, and miracles come with a generous attitude. They come with a generous heart. There are no miracles manifesting where there's no generosity. And there's no generosity manifesting without the miracle of God. Because how many know your life dedicated to God is the first miracle? Hmm? Oh, my God. Ooh. I mean, when the goodness of God begins to manifest. You know why a generous heart is so connected to this? Because when the goodness of God begins to manifest in your life... What do you do with good news? You can't keep quiet. You can't hold it. We barely can hold bad news. Hmm? 
Isn't that right? We want to tell everything we know. And if it's really good news, we want to especially tell the good news. How many know the gospel is the good news? And when God does something powerful, oh Jesus, when God does something powerful in our lives, come on somebody, you begin to not see your life as your own. You begin to take what you have and you begin to give yourself away to people. You begin to invest in people. You begin to pray for people. You begin to spend time with people. You begin to work with people. You begin to counsel with people. You begin to worship with people. You begin to invest. Because your life is not your own. Generosity and supernatural are connected. So I have a question for you this morning. Who are you investing in? Whose life are you investing your life into? I want to know who's going to heaven because of what you're doing. If you're sitting here this morning and you can't think of one person that's on their way to heaven because of your actions, oh Jesus. You have no traction in life. You're spinning out of control. And if that's you, you're going to cycle in and out of depression the rest of your life until you get it right. Hmm? Come on, somebody. Hmm, Jesus. I want to know who's going to catch your faith. Who are you talking to? What are you saying that makes God more obvious? Every time you serve, what are you doing that makes God more obvious? Every time you do a selfless act, how is it? Every, every time you give yourself, how is it making God more obvious? Every time you share your story, how is it making God more obvious? Every time you invest in a life, how does it make God more obvious? Mm, Jesus. Think about this. During the time of Jesus, there were other teachers that traveled around, other rabbis, other philosophers. There were other guys that told stories just like Jesus told stories. They talked in parables. That was a very popular thing during the time of Jesus. There were traveling ministries. People just walked around teaching, and they had entourages of students that followed them, and the disciples, and they would be discipled by whoever they were listening to. Jesus was just like them. He was doing the same thing that was going on in the culture. Amen? But what made Jesus stand apart from the rest of them? Listen, it wasn't that Jesus had a message like the rest of them. It was the fact that he was the message. His life was the message. Come on, somebody. How do you recognize it was the fact that the message wasn't something he was proclaiming. It was something that he was. His life, come on, that he, that he embodied what he was talking about. That the generosity that he portrayed to people was an example, it was a demonstration, it was the fruit of who he was. Come on somebody. He was open, he was transparent with his life, he let people see in. He didn't hold anything back from anybody. So when people got around him, they said, man, this guy, there's something different about him. He's different than anybody we've ever heard teach. He makes sense, and he does these miracles. There's something supernatural in his life. He's a giver, he's not a taker. He doesn't talk down to us. He doesn't make us feel stupid. This guy embodies what he said. Jesus didn't have a bunch of words. He was the word. The living word among us. He was the message. And I got news for you this morning. So are you. Come on somebody. So are you. You are the message. A generous life is always controlled by the interest of God the Father. A generous life is always committed to being involved in the life of others. And number three. A generous life is always consumed with a dream of the future. 
generous life is always consumed with a dream of the future. Jesus had a dream. Jesus had a dream. Hmm? Oh, somebody. He had a dream. I don't, mean, I don't mean he was sleeping one night and, and while he was asleep he had a dream. That's not what I'm talking about. He, he, he didn't have a nightmare or a daydream and, 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 and get all freaked out. Or he didn't take a power nap. That's not what we're talking about. He had a dream. He had, he had an image, a vision of something that was out in front of him and it consumed his life. It got him up in the morning and set his feet on a path to a destiny. And it's the same thing that will happen for you when you put your feet on the path. You have a destiny. You have to have a vision for your life. You have to be consumed with a dream for the future. Hmm? When you look at the ministry of Jesus, when He inaugurates His ministry in the temple, and you chart all the travels of Jesus, when you look at them, they just look like He was just randomly going to places all over Judea and all over Israel. He, just, he was just like going whenever and wherever He wanted to. He was all over the place preaching. Matter of fact, if you look at it on the map, you're thinking, what were you doing, Jesus? Did you actually have a plan? Were you just wandering around the countryside and the hillside and going back and forth across the lake only when there was a storm? What's going on, Lord? Hmm? There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of strategy when you look at the ministry of Jesus and, and where he traveled until you realize one thing, until you realize that what Jesus was doing was being done against a big, giant, enormous backdrop of God's dream. He was motivated by a dream. The dream of God. Come on, God has a dream. Touch somebody and say, God has a dream. There was something that drove him to do what he did. There was something that motivated him here or motivated him there or motivated him over there. Come on, somebody. Paul says this in verse 8. He says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. How many of you know that means that Jesus was so committed to the dream, so passionate about the dream, that He was willing to die a horrible, brutal, bloody death on a cross. That's how committed He was to the dream. Jesus had a dream. A life that is generous is always consumed by a dream of the future. Hmm? Listen, if you don't know what the dream of Jesus is, it'd be easy for you to lose hope from day to day and get frustrated. I mean, what wears most people down is not the big, huge sins in our life. It's the little nitpicky things every day, day in, day out, every day, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. The little things that wear you down. Some of y'all been married long enough that everything your spouse does upsets you. You look at me and go, will you stop breathing? The very breath irritates you. Come on. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about this morning. You're just edgy. Can't take no more. You fight over the dumbest things. Every little thing get on your last nerve sometimes. Ooh, Jesus. It's the little things. It's the little irritations. It's not usually the big stuff that takes us out. The Bible says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. The little stuff wears on you every day. You know? You start doing things like this. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. I can't take it. I just asked you what you wanted for dinner. I know. Just shut up. Hmm? That's why it would be so easy to lose hope over a long, ongoing battle of the little things. 
unless we know what the dream of God is. Unless we know the dream. You give up when you don't know the dream. It's the dream that keeps you moving. Amen? If you don't have the big dream, it'd be easy to lose sight of where you're going and where you are. If you don't have the big dream, you think sometimes, well, why did I even bother to get married? Or, or, or if you don't have the big dream, you think, well, what do I do with these kids? Uh, this is more than I ever thought it was going. What's the point of my job? What's the point of life? Why, why am I here? And those things begin to spin out of control in your mind if you don't know what the dream is. That's why we come to church. That's why we fellowship together. It keeps the dream alive on the inside of us. It keeps us reminded that there's a vision for our life. That there's a hope and a future in what God has for us. So I know what your question is this morning. You're thinking, well, what's the dream of God? What is the dream of God? Look in verse 10. Here we go. That at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. In other words, that there is no question that Jesus is who He says He is. He's the King of the universe, the King of the world, the King under the world. He's the King of the cosmos. There's nothing that Jesus is not King over. Verse 11 says, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Most important part. Watch this. Don't miss this. To the glory of God the Father. Hmm. That's the dream of Jesus. To bring glory to the Father. Hmm? Did you see that? To bring glory to God the Father. That, that, that word glory is not some super spiritual flaky thing. Oh glory, I see the glory cloud. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what they mean. Come on, somebody. Glory means to make God obvious. Thank you for joining us today for the Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m., right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981, and ask for your free copy of The Love of the Father. To pay by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at IgniteYourWorld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth. The Revealing Truth and Ignite Your World Incorporated thanks Joey's Cafe for their underwriting support of this week's broadcast. Joey's Cafe is a family-owned and operated breakfast, lunch, and dinner experience specializing in affordable home-cooked meals. Joey's Cafe is located at 6650 South Highway 1, St. Lucie Square Plaza, a mile and a half north of Prima Vista Boulevard. This is Tom Creighton, station manager of WCNL Radio. Most of you know that WCNO Radio is a listener-supported ministry. 
But do you know that much of our programming is made possible by corporate underwriting? Christian businessmen and women who sponsor this ministry monthly with a financial commitment that allows us to continue bringing you the music and message of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In return, we play sponsorship announcements that let the listeners know who our sponsors are, what they do, what products and services they provide, and if our listeners wish, how they may contact those sponsors. So if you're a Christian business person, why not join us as a partner in ministry today? For free, no obligation information on the Corporate Underwriting Program, we're available at 772-221-1100. That number again, 772-221-1100. Thank mm-hmm. you.